Welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church today. Guests and members alike with the uh, little bit of white stuff out there. I know some people decided to stay home today. I understand that. They are watching by Facebook, so we want to welcome those by Facebook as well. I want to start this morning by making some preliminary comments, and then we'll get into the topic of today. The order's a little um, uh, different today, but that's okay. It'll keep you, uh, keep you in suspense a little bit. I want to remind everybody, especially the members, and this is information for the guests uh, as well, that I am the pastor of this church. And with that, there is a biblical authority that comes with that. I do not take that lightly. An authority to preach and teach his word with all diligence. I will guard that. I've asked Molly Writings, under my authority as pastor, to share the topic of human trafficking and its biblical response. So because of her area, this is her area of expertise. Um, as you remember me reading her credentials last week, she's very well educated. And she, uh, there's two types of education I've learned in this world. There is the type you learn from books in school, uh, high school, elementary, college, and then even if you go on to uh, a master's or graduate's program. But there's another kind of school out there. It's the real world. It, it's, it's what you learn in college and how does it meet and how does all this, there's two types of, of education. This is a real topic today that, that we've introduced actually last week and then again today. Last week we discovered an awareness. There's awareness to, to uh, human trafficking. And this week our, uh, our goal is to provide answers. I would think more, more purposefully God's intentions. And again, this is a sensitive topic for those that are watching by Facebook or if you have uh, younger children in here. Um, that is um, where we're going today. I believe last week we honored the Lord by bringing an awareness to human trafficking. We honored him by not turning away from these sins. Uh, those entrapped and, and more importantly or most importantly his redeeming grace. Remember how last week ended. Don't, don't, in your mind's eye throughout the week, don't get lost in, in, in the content of everything that was going on and you missed the ending of last week. It was about his grace and his forgiveness as well. Last week may have been a shock for many of you, uh, maybe not for a lot uh, in here, but now that you've had time to digest the awareness, this week, Molly Writings will provide biblical answers and God's intentions. ...to this topic, I will provide the application. I read last week, I read Molly's credentials... ...and I get to add one this week. Just since one week from being on the stage of Cross Point Baptist Church... ...she got a promotion. Not, a, not here. She didn't get it here. Uh, but she is now a care management team supervisor. She was up for this uh, uh, promotion... ...and it actually just happened this week. So um, I want to encourage you... To be ready to learn about life and 
God's answers today. Molly, I'm going to ask you if you would come up now and then we'll have a word of prayer. By way of um, welcoming everybody. When we come to church, when we meet together like this, this is the apex of hopefully your spiritual life of what has gone on throughout the week. Please, whether you're watching on Facebook Live or, or you're here in attendance, uh, don't let your faith, your walk with the Lord be from Sunday to Sunday. That's not a walk. That's not a walk at all. You need to be walking with him and growing with him. We need him more now than ever in our culture, in our country, in our church, as we have people with ailments, with spiritual issues going on, uh, because we have a real enemy. This is a topic that I want us, as it comes to the forefront, to realize that we have an enemy as well. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for loving us first. You, you, you are the author of love, according to 1 John. And I pray that we take your words that you have so graciously put in our hands, your written word in our hands. We're not living in the days where it was only proclaimed. It's also written. I pray that we be followers of your word. We be studiers and readers and thinkers of your word that it applies to our life so that we bring honor and glory to you. Today we're going to learn some information and then we're going to apply it to our lives. Be with us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I love technology. Here we go. Um, I want to start and say I appreciate the response that I heard um, and the excitement that this church showed for this topic, as it is my passion. I understand that it's a hard topic for many people, and it's easy to just ignore. Um, but today, as Pastor Scott said, we want to provide answers, and specifically biblical answers of how to respond. Um, just a quick review for those who weren't here. This is the definition of human trafficking, um, and we'll focus more on sex trafficking. The recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision, or obtaining of a person for the purpose of a commercial sex act through a force, fraud, or coercion, or in which the person forced to perform such an act is under the age of 18 years old. So I'm not going to go into the details of all that again today, because um, there's a lot of information there. But I do want to touch on this of, as I did last week, of just the shame and what it does to a person. Um, human trafficking affects the core of a human being. Uh, sexual sin affects a person more than any other sin. And that's what the answers I hope to bring to light today. So why should we care? And that's because God cares. And this is why. Because we are created in his image. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God, at the beginning of creation, chose to use his own image to create us. In human trafficking, Satan, in contrast, destroys the belief that we are created in his image. Instead of looking at another human being and seeing them as God's creation, Satan destroys it and assigns a price to a body. And he teaches that sex means absolutely nothing. But God uses the physical relationship between a husband and a wife to show his love that he has for us. In Ephesians 5, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Can you hear the contrast of what Christ does for the church versus what a trafficker does to the image of a human being? In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, because of all that, because of what Christ did, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You may be like, what does this have anything to do with the sexual, physical relationship but that one flesh is literal. So, in, so I'm going to try not to be too psychological here, but uh, it is truly literal. Science has finally caught up to the Bible. I think it's amazing because when there is physical intimacy between two people, there's this hormone called oxytocin that is released in the brain. This is the bonding chemical. This literally binds someone to another person. That is why people feel a connection. That is why uh, it's called the monogamy, my brain, uh, hormone. It literally, that's why people stay with people forever, um, even when they drive each other crazy. That is that hormone that does that. But that is also, that hormone floods the frontal lobe which is the logical part of the brain. So that's why you also don't think logically um, when you have a physical relationship young um, or why traffickers or um, victims stay with traffickers or uh, abusive partner because it floods that logic part of the brain and it literally goes offline, which is really great. That is, so women specifically get those that the largest dose of oxytocin after they give birth to their first child and um, during sexual intimacy. So this is how powerful that 
hormone is because I have never had been through child labor, but I can only imagine there is no logic of why after a woman would push a human being out of their body, they would ever want to do it again. It's that logic part. It's offline. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. And God literally put that in us to bond us to people. And it's really beautiful. But the thing is, sin. First Corinthians 6. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up for his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of, take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? Again, science backs up the Bible. There is literal proof that this happens. For as it is written, the two shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Again, that comparison between sexual intimacy, that, that bond that oxytocin brings, God wants to have with us. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. The importance of sexual holiness is a picture of the love that God has for us, that picture of Christ in the church. I do want to take a moment and mention, while sin has taken this gift that God has given and destroyed it, God also allows for healing. And scientifically, too, um, there is oxytocin, there is a way to heal when there has been sexual sin. It's a hard process, um, but it, God has designed our bodies to heal and physically and spiritually from this type of sin but it does affect us more than any other type of sin to the core. And I can say this as a therapist because there's no other sin that you don't, you barely have memories of. People who were abused before memories are even there at ages of five and six, um, and, the, and they don't even hardly remember them, either suppressed memories or just they were so young. But they're in their 60s and are in my office still trying to deal with it because they've never had that healing. There's no other sin like that. If someone gets mugged when they're at six years old with their family, they're usually not in my office at 60. 
trying to process it the same way as sexual sin. The impact, it affects someone to the core more than anyone else. And that is because God chose that to show the relationship he has with us. And it can be so beautiful. And it can also be so painful when Satan chooses to destroy it. Human trafficking is an assault on the image of God and the love he shows to us. Intimacy in the Bible. Um, Here's some examples. We see Adam, who knew Eve, his wife. Knew um, is that sexual intimacy. That's how, you know, didn't just know of her, and that's how they got a baby. Um, Not going to go into that, but uh, we know what that means. That word, new, is yada in the original language. So, now Adam, yada, Eve, his wife, and she conceived. We know this is also the same word God uses to relate to us. And we know that he approves of that type of relationship, but disapproves of non-yada physical relationships. And how do we know? Because of Samson with a prostitute. Um, Abimelech, when he rapes his sister, and Abraham with Hagar. He uses a different word. Yada, um, in the passage we that Pastor Scott referenced last week, you, the men who went to the door used the word yada. I want to yada her. That's, they were perverting that word. Um, and then later, when it says that they yadad and they use another word, um, bo, and, which is an assault, which is the same word that they use here. This, so this, people would, people would know in the original language that God did not approve of this type of physical relationship. But God wants to intimately know us. And he uses the same word in Psalm 139. And Pastor Scott's going to read this for us. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known my way. You know my sitting down, my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hinged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where do I go from your spirit? Or where do I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, You are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the light shines as the day and the darkness and the light are both alike to you. 
Verse 13, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret, you skillfully wrought in, in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, yet being unformed. And in your book, they, are, they were, all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sands. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me. Therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemy takes your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them my enemy. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Again, God chooses to use this picture to show the type of knowing he wants to have for us, that relationship he wants to have for us. And that is why human trafficking is such an assault against God. It's an, an assault against humanity. It's an assault against his image. Looking at someone and putting a price tag on them as viewing them as an object. This is, we are God's creation created in his image. And this is why we know, as we know God, how wrong this is. And this is why, like I said, people years later still struggle with it. And this is why children who have not been taught anything about it, know at some level that this is wrong, that when they have been assaulted, that this is wrong. They know it. They, our society would say that sex has no meaning. Our society would say, just enjoy it. That's what it's for. But we know differently. John Piper, the ultimate reason why we are sexual is to make God deeply knowable. This may seem not, not what you would normally hear, um, but this is why God made us sexual, so we can know him. Um, how can you know anyone better? And that's the type of knowing he wants to have with us. I want to say, while there are people in this room who have engaged in sexual sin, have been a victim of sexual sin, or they have been a perpetrator of sexual sin, I want to say we are all sexually broken. And when we can realize we are all broken and can be broken before God, that is when we can be used by God. If we as a church, start to help individuals who have been trafficked, who have been a victim of this sin, 
having a humble heart before God and knowing that it's not an us versus them. It is we are all broken before God, and none of us can ever say that we truly gada God. Um, Lauren's going to come up and sing a song, and as she sings, listen to the words because the song's called Rescue, and this song is for victims of trafficking, um, but also for us because for those that are need to be rescued from sin, rescued from sexual sin, rescued from addiction, rescued from gluttony, from lying, because we all are broken before God. And that is what, um, as you listen, I hope you hear from this song more than anything else. no distance that cannot be covered over and over you're not defenseless I'll be your shelter I'll be your armor I hear you whisper underneath your breath I hear
Our God will not bail on you. He will rescue you. Where else are you going to find that in this world? You're not. Molly just shared with us and showed us God's way. Anything outside of Yadah is sin. This includes actions or even a mindset. We commit these sins. And by the way, somebody needs to write this down today. There's two ways we sin. There's many sins, but there's two ways we sin. One by commission and one by omission. Okay? Somebody need, I, can, I can feel it. Somebody needs to write this down. Commission, sins of commission are sins that we do willfully. We're choosing. We know what we're doing. We're choosing to do it. And there's no one else to blame but me. I know what I'm doing, and I'm just going to do it anyways. Sins of omission are, are willfully doing nothing. In other words, I know that I'm tempted in these areas, and, and I sin, so I'm just going to sit here on my couch and do nothing all day so that I don't sin. But that is not honoring unto the Lord. So we can find ourselves kind of feeling trapped, if you will. I'm going to give you the remedy for that in just a moment. God wants to relate to us. Was that not clear? He wants to relate to us. And the answers part of today is the knowledge of the right way. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. <clears throat> 1 Peter is toward the back of the Bible if you're new to Scripture. We're going to look at one verse, a, a, a verse that you've heard me preach and teach a bunch of times. I'm probably going to say a lot of the things that you've heard me say before um, because um, it's the Bible. I can't, I can't rewrite it. I can't reword it. It is the Bible and it speaks clearly. But it's interesting to me how a verse that I've preached and taught and all these things over the years... ...when under this topic of human trafficking, I see the application that... In, in a different light. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now that verse is a great verse for a lot of areas of life. And the first line you'll see there when it says like um, uh, that be sober, that may be the, the, your besetting sin may be your addiction. Your setting, besetting sin may be your addiction to the drink, to a, a drug, to a, a, a stimulant. Okay, But that's not what he's talking about when he says be sober here. Listen, there's hope today and there's answers today. There's a better there's the way today, not just a better way. There's the way in the way that God intended. He tells us to be sober and to be vigilant. The word be sober there means don't live carelessly or recklessly. That's what it means. Don't live carelessly or uh, haphazardly, just kind of skipping through life. Be sober. Be alert. Be watching. Other portions of scripture, Paul says, walk circumspectly that means very carefully watch watching be alert now don't 
live your life, though, nervously. When you live your life nervously, trying to please everybody, you end up pleasing nobody. You live your life to be well-pleasing to God, and the right people on this earth will be pleased. If you're doing everything that you can to live your life pleasing to God through Christ, and people don't like it on this earth, well, that's on them. But if you live your life trying to please everybody, at the end, nobody's going to be pleased. He says to walk, be careful, be sober, be alert. Why? Why does he say to be alert? Well, he tells you why. Because your adversary, the devil. The word that I, uh, in between that line, is the word vigilant. That also means watchful. So be, be alert and be watching. We have an enemy. Would you agree that we have an enemy? Are you scared of the enemy? Ooh, that's a trick question, isn't it? That's a little bit of a trick question. The devil, evil, is nothing to play with. Never in the Bible are you told to approach, attack, or uh, go after evil. It's always pursue God, pursue God, pursue God. He'll take care of that. We have an enemy. Envy in this evil has used sexual temptation and sin to wreck Old Testament Israel and God's intentions. And guess who did it? The patriarchs of the faith. Because of the concubines, because of, of this intimacy outside of the way God designed, we have world religions that wouldn't be here per se the way they are today. The patriarchs of our faith fell into the same area of this temptation that you and I face today. The word adversary there in verse 8, referring to evil, referring to the devil, is slanderer. How many of you know that he was the father of lies? Uh, Majan chapter 8, verse 44. He was the father from the beginning. That's all he does is lie. And he's good at it. He's real good at it. You ever met a bad liar before? You know, the person they're looking at you, they're talking to you, and all of a sudden they, they can't look you in the eye anymore, and they're stumbling for the next word. And you kind of, your body language is going, that's a bad liar right there. I call nah on that one. That's not the devil. He lies from the beginning. He's the father of lies. It's like he invented this thing of being deceptive, of being stealthy. Young girls have been lied to. We have to pay, we, we, we pay to have temptations streamed into our homes. Some subtle, some not so much. Now listen, this is a, a tough one because in our culture, we have to be careful in our culture, commercials and, and things that, that, we, are, that are, we are inviting into our home and if it keeps coming long enough, long enough, long enough, what happens? We become desensitized to it, don't we? we just, it's just the way the world is. And I understand that. That is the way the world is. The world is, is bad and going to get worse according to the end of the book. Are you with me on that? It's bad and it's going to get worse. We, we understand that. But the, what we're talking about is your life and my life and how we walk and consider everything we're talking about in the last two weeks. We're trying to get our arms around it. Because human trafficking isn't a, that's their problem. It's our problem. 
We, we all have this, this, this sin nature, and, 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 and sexual sins is the path that leads it there. Men, it only takes one look. And I get it. I understand that slippery slope. I would also like to add this. In fact, my a certain way on purpose, but it's for his glory, not for evil perversions. How many of you ever heard me say this before? God is the originator, the devil is the perverter. God is the originator, the devil, devil is the imitator slash perverter. You've heard that before, right? Is it any less true? So, so we're on to the, the scheme here a little bit of how this works. We've heard it over and over again. The question is, what, what are you going to do? What am I going to do to keep this A, out of our lives, B, out of our family's lives, and C, out of our church lives, and D, the people we come in contact with as it is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. It starts with you. It starts with me personally. Be on guard to not bring a neutral mindset in here to God's intentions. This is what God had intended. He's, we've had a very good uh, uh, teaching of that this morning. But the sexual sins of today is not a their problem. Those that are being trafficked or, or, or trafficked. Sexual temptation, sin is everyone's issue to some degree or another. You may think, Pastor, you know me well enough. You know my age. That's not a temptation for me anymore. Isn't it amazing how Molly in her counseling has dealt with people that have suppressed what has happened in the past and they're still living with it. Not sure knowing what to do with it. Oh, it, it, it impacts you. You may not be tempted today in that regard, but there's some scars from the past, there's some sins from the past that you bring right with you. So why should you care? Well, I like Molly's answer because God cares. But in verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, uh, walks about. Why should you care? Because he's like a roaring lion. He, he is sneaking and creeping. He's looking to devour. That word devour in the Greek, it means to drink down, to gulp. He's looking to take down, to consume by eating, is how the vines de, uh, defines that Greek word. To consume by eating, he's looking to destroy and render your life useless. There's many people in, that, in human trafficking that would view their life just like that, as useless. But guess what? There's people in our presence that what would have to be everyday lives that still would view their life as being, well, it's useless, my life's over. Because of the damaging effects of these areas. By the way, John chapter 10, verse 10. In fact, I'll have Spencer put that on the board. John 10, 10. It's a very simple verse that rings so true that speaks clearly about the damaging effects of evil. Look what it says. The thief, referring to the devil, does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. 
To steal, to kill, and to, to destroy. To rent, as if to steal wasn't bad enough. As if to kill, once something's killed, it's done, right? Claremont County that up for you a little bit. Kilt. It's done, but and destroy. To render absolutely useless or lifeless is what we see about uh, evil. Uh, by the way, I can't, I was only going to share that first part about evil, but listen to the, the hope and the grace that comes in the back part of that verse. But I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. If you're feeling useless, rendered useless, and you're lifeless, you're not going to have life. There's no life. There's no pep in your step. There's no light in your eye. But Jesus said, I have come. If you are in alignment with him, look at what he promises. In fact, he echoes it in the very next chapter of John chapter 11. I am the resurrection and the life. Brought back. The resurrection brought back to life. Someone asked me just two weeks ago, um, right out here, young man. Someone asked me, how do I not be consumed by temptation? I love questions. I'm not always crazy about when they ask them. You ever, you ever as a parent, sometimes you get asked the question at the, at the time when you're not ready. You ever been like that? Like you got a book of written answers. Like if they ask this, I'm going to say that. And, and sometimes we get the question at, at, at peculiar times. Well, I got this question at me. Like, how do I, I mean, it's all around me. This, and it's, I don't want to sin. And it's all around me. It was a great question that, he, that was asked. How do I not be consumed by temptation? Or, or it's all around me. And all I, real quick answer was, I've learned just to focus on what's true. If you focus on the temptations that's around you all day, every day, and you're trying to avoid, you're trying not to, to give in. By the way, temptation isn't a sin. Did you know that? The temptation isn't the sin. It's the giving into that becomes the sin. But when we just focus on what's right and true, when we focus on the person of Jesus Christ, he takes, then things kind of got to push aside. Yeah, you got to alter your life some. Maybe you don't go where you used to go. You don't watch what you used to watch. You may need to fast from certain things for a while for the purpose of knowing him better. But when you just focus on what's right and what's true, these things kind of start to go away. How do I know? Here's a great illustration. Because light and darkness. Temptation is one step away from sin. It's all right there. That's darkness. But when we focus in on light, the light overshadows the darkness. What's true is God's intentions, God's forgiveness. And like the end of the book of Jude says, God's ability to keep you from stumbling. So let's take our spiritual minds tonight or this morning and our arms and wrap around this topic of today. What are we doing today to provide answers? Answers that would cause you to maybe be reminded of God's intentions as a church, as a believer. As a church, maybe it's answers to cause us to go, yeah, we need to guard our church just from the neutral thoughts toward these things when we come into here. 
We want to be assertive. You want your foot on the accelerator, the spiritual accelerator as we come in here. Not just kind of in neutral, coasting along. You know the thing about coasting in neutral? If you're on flat ground, eventually you're going to stop. We don't want to stop. You don't have time to stop. I don't care about your age. You do not have time to stop. You need to spiritually keep moving. The other aspect is this. This is where we try to figure out how do we do this because we've had a great ac- um, transliter- or acronym here of we've had uh, awareness last week and, and answers this week. This is God's attention. What's our action? Well, there's a personal action we can take. But as a corporate, as a body, what, where do we go from here? I, I don't know how to, what's our action? The personal one, we can cover. The church one, we can cover. What do we do collectively? The first step for us that we'll probably have to view next week is not to have the sin of omission. The sin of, of viewing things as that's their problem, not ours. That's their sin. Not ours. It's too big. We can't do anything about it anyways. We'll trust in God's sovereignty to handle that. There's a, a lot there for us to consider and think about and think through today. But in conclusion for this morning, and the application thereof, is you personally today. Wide range of age groups, wide range of, of locations and where we're from, family backgrounds, and the history thereof. I don't know what history you have in your life. You're, I can't, I don't have the right or the ability to do a spiritual inventory of your life. It's not my, it's not, I was never called to do that. We're called to hold up the word and introduce and offer Jesus Christ. And we're called to instruct and teach and to baptize those in the way of Jesus Christ. It's more than just having a proclamation of faith to say, is that person saved or not? Are they going to heaven or not? It's walking with him daily. You got to have the walk. The walk needs to match the words. And you're going to find hope. You're going to find answers. You're going to find an assertiveness that you may not have had at one point in your personal life and in those around you. Do we serve a big God? Do we serve a loving God? You're going to have to amen louder. I'm not going to cut you loose. Do we serve a gracious God? A God that... A God that people think he's out to judge and condemn and to beat down and to send you to the bad place. That's what people think that we're in here doing today. There is a judgment side of God. But can I tell you about Cross Point Baptist Church? The way we understand the Bible, he's a God of redemption. He's a God of love. He's a God of acceptance. Listen to that. Acceptance. He will accept you when you come with the contrite heart and say, God, I'm messed up, I'm broke up. I don't even know what tomorrow looks like. Whatever's left, here am I. Fine. You know what he's going to say to that? Finally. Finally. Are you done with yourself? Finally come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. When you carry around sin, you carry around scars, it's, it's burdensome. It will flat wear you out, break you down, make you grumpy discontent but when you give these things to him 
The Bible says he takes these things. Our sins are as far away as from the east to the west or on the bottom of the ocean floor. Take it. You can have it all. <laughs> when you realize how much he's, he's reaching out, how much he will forgive, oh, you're going to be running to him. Take it all. Take it all. Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life because you're the only one that wants all this sin, all this junk, and you want it? That's, that's who we're talking about at Cross Point Baptist Church today. I hope that in this room or by watching Facebook, that that message has resonated in a heart. That the Holy Spirit's taking that message and letting it reach through, reach through to hearts. Wouldn't it be just phenomenal if God chose to use Cross Point Baptist Church and Facebook to reach somebody, to pull somebody out? Not just of the lifestyle, but change their life for eternity. Be praying to that end, church. But also for you, if you've got these things in your life, you need to be talking. You, you need, you need to, to, to be talking. You talk to Christ first and foremost, but I want you to know that we're here. We're not, I'm not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. And we're not afraid of the hard topics either. So that is the answers of today. Thank you for reaching out to, many of you reached out to Molly this week. Uh, giving her some good job. She did great, but also just talking about your life. And she'd be the right person to talk to about those things. Absolutely. And we're here for you as well. Let's bow for prayer as the praise team comes to conclude in a song. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for being gracious and kind but truthful with us as your children as we unite our faith together as believers we want to be well pleasing to you our goal is not to lift ourselves up but to lift up your name and your word we are grateful for the ability to meet bless our endeavor but draw men and women boys and girls of all backgrounds of all back, of all diverse issues to be united under the cross and use us as you see fit i pray in jesus name amen